teachers, you're listening to the thing that we do on Fridays with me, Brother Lawson, and Brother Wing on a super, super duper casual Friday. It's spring break. It's not that we think the end of the year is coming. And so, yeah, maybe by May, we're going to be in pajamas doing this podcast. Wing, what do you think? I like that idea. I mean, it's spring break. It's St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that's right. You are wearing it's, green. It's March Madness. There's just a lot of stuff going on that's that make true. it to where it's impossible to wear a tie. That's <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, students, this uh, are students, students, teachers. Uh, this week, I mean, we are. Can you believe how fast? First of all, can you believe how fast Ma- March is going by? It's going by really fast. Uh, we're coming up. If you can believe it, we've got two months of the school year left. Um, I will, I'm just going to say this out front. Remember the objective of seminary is not to graduate from seminary, right? The objective, uh, of seminary is to deepen our conversion to the gospel of Jesus Christ. However, at this time of year, it seems like students and parents and sometimes teachers lose their mind or at least lose their focus on the objective and they turn the objective into the purpose of seminary is to graduate from seminary. And so all types of ridiculousness is 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 done and promoted in the name of graduation from seminary, like crazy uh, makeup assignments that don't really deepen conversion, crazy, um, you know, waving a wand and thinking, you know, we're going to take away, uh, you know, opportunities for you to learn uh, from the gospel and from the scriptures because we want you to graduate. Graduation is is so far down the list of things that are important uh, these next couple of months. We want to make sure that our students uh, deepen their conversion and have a great experience this next couple of uh, these next couple of months. So don't get too uh, don't get a complex about making sure every single one of your students graduates. If you're going to develop a complex about anything, develop it about conversion to the gospel. Can Can you back me up on that, Brother Wing? Or yeah, or a me? big a big amen to focusing on the objective and just honoring the agency of the student. So, like if mm-hmm. if that student wants to like complete 30 days of makeup work in the next couple months, <laughs> then then you can help them right? Do the legit work to, yep. to complete that. If they don't really want to do it, don't then, force them, then don't force it or, yeah. yeah. Or don't tell them, Hey, yeah. Uh, every day that you say a prayer as counts as a seventh day of seminary makeup, we want them in the scriptures, right? That's what we want. We want them to have a great experience in the scriptures. All right. Uh, speaking about great experiences in the scriptures, I think a lot of your students are going to enjoy this week as we dive into the uh, the parables of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, uh, we have a famous, I, I mean, if you're going to teach seminary, you need to know this seminary joke. It actually, um, my sources tell me that Brother Wing is the person who invented this joke. If anyone can uh, can place this joke at an earlier date than 1999, then uh, we will prove Brother Wing wrong, wrong. But but he's pretty certain that he developed this joke. What what is the joke? What's the the uh, the the readiness joke to tell your students the very first day you study parables, Brother Wing? Well, that sets it up and puts some pressure on this joke because now it has to be funny. But yeah, it's, over it's a dad joke. It doesn't have to be. It can be a joke yeah. that everyone rolls their eyes at. <laughs> yes. 
So in the in the old manual, they had this, well, they quoted the Bible dictionary about to define what a parable is. It's a setting side by side. And so you can kind of explain to the students that there's there's a on one side you can see the details of the story. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, you can start to interpret the parable of of what's the deeper meaning here. And Matthew 13 is a is a perfect place to go to kind of understand the point of parables and then how to how to use those parables. In the old manual, they had this idea of putting popcorn in two bowls, like you'd have the unpopped kernels in one mm-hmm. bowl and then the popped kernels in the other bowl and kind of show how um, so there were two there were two bowls is what you're saying. Yeah, there's two bowls, or there was a spur of the a moment pair of, of parables a pair of bowls <laughs> to talk about parables. And so That was was an old joke from a long time ago and kind of circulating its way around these days again. I don't know how. (laughs) Pretty amazing. (laughs) You should go on tour. I think that, uh, yeah, you could just bring as an object lesson, just bring two bowls and you say, students, what do these two bowls have to do with Matthew 13? And they'll be like, what in the world? It's a pair of bowls. That's an easy. Yeah, But if you use a popcorn thing, it's even better because then you can say, look, yeah. When you start working on this, it made like the outward part of the story, like like unpopped kernels means nothing mm-hmm. to you. But mm-hmm. if you work on it and give it some attention, something can pop that- inside of you <laughs> to explain and understand these parables. So it's actually pretty good. Teachers, we we all want we we want you all to try that in class and then report back to us and then probably never listen to our podcast ever again. Uh or what <laughs> so we'll see we'll see um so in the teacher's manual there's a great right right at the beginning it's gonna as as we talk about doing an overview of the the parables of jesus i think there's it talks about four important steps that your students can take to understand parables we've got number one find important details number two make spiritual comparisons three discover valuable lessons and four, determine personal application. You can do all, your students can do all four of these steps and you can do these as you as you study the scriptures in preparation to teach. Um, your students can do all four of these steps for every single parable. So you can already see how scripture feasting sets up in these, um, in this week, uh, this way. And so there's also, and if I remember again, I will, I'll link a video from like, the nineties that I actually is so cheap. Your students will think it is the cheesiest thing they've ever seen, but they will learn from, from this video is so silly, but uh, this church, this old seminary video maps out how to, how to diagram basically a parable and, um, and get some meaning out of it. But I think if your students can, can, um, if you have these listed on the board, or if your students have them written down in a journal, those four steps, of of understanding parables, I think you can send your students into any of these parables and they'll have a pretty good scripture feasting experience in those parables. What do you think, Brother Wayne? Yeah, this is so good for generally teaching students about scripture study, because if they practice this throughout this week with Matthew 13, um, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, they're going to get some really cool uh, practice in, in meaningful scripture study, because those four points find the important details. That's like level one scripture study. Mm-hmm. What's it saying now make some spiritual comparisons. Now they have to work on it a little bit, let something pop inside of them to kind of catch those things. But then the third thing 
discover valuable lessons. Now you're taking this from then and now you're bringing it to today. And that right. is a, a skill that, that will help students to get more out of their scripture study in any chapter. But this is just a great way to practice it. And then you go to level four. It's even bigger now to like start to do something about it or figure out how some specific action to take uh, today. That is a great pattern for scripture study in general, not just interpreting these parables here. Yeah, um, I think, well, I think that's exactly right. The And so if your students can get those steps down, that's going to... Uh, improve their scripture feasting immensely the i think what i would do if i was teaching this um this week these parables this week i think what i would do is i would practice with my students on a short parable i think it gives them an example in the in the teacher's manual overview of using matthew 13:44 the kingdom of heaven is is like unto a treasure hidden in the field and i would try with them to identify those or use those four steps in just that one verse parable and then send them into say, all right, now try verse 45. It's, it's just, you know, three it's one sentence long, or I mean, it's a few verses long, uh, two verses long is what it is. And so give them a chance to do that and then send them off on their own. Uh, but maybe work with them, instruct them, see what they can find together as a class individually, maybe in a, in a group of two. All right. There's a whole bunch of parables in here that I think that they, can build some confidence in those uh, in the scripture study steps. Yeah. And being able to talk about what they're seeing, because they got, they got to come up with the, you know, steps, steps one, they're probably going to see the same stuff, but as soon as they get to two, three, and four, they can start to see different things. One other thing that I liked in the manual was how they started with why Jesus spoke in parables at all, like in verses 10 through, yeah, you know, 16 or so they, you know, kind of you can see where this explanation i think it's cool because you know you say why do you think jesus spoke in parables well actually we don't have to find out what you think or or guess (laughs) about why he did because the actual question was asked in the scriptures and he actually gave the direct answer um, to that and so i think that is a great place to feast on about okay let's let's figure out really why did jesus speak in parables and let's learn from his answer to that actual question. And I think there's great things to see about uh, everybody learns on their level of faith, you know, and their willingness to learn and their desire to learn. You can cross-reference this with Alma chapter 12 verses nine through 11, where essentially the same principle is taught. Like if you want more, you get more. If you don't want more, you actually get less or you get, you get knowledge or understanding taken uh, from you um, at that point when you reject uh, truth. But if you want more truth and you're willing to use it like step four of the of the pattern here, you're going to get more and more and more. And again, this principle is taught um, there. That's going to set the right tone for them to then go practice it with these other parables. You know, here's here's a, a side thought for you uh, that I, I kind of chuckled at at first, but then I thought, huh, that's interesting. You know, in, in Matthew 13, Jesus is talking about, uh, those with hard hearts and their ears have waxed, whatever, you know, what does he say? The, their eyes are, are, or their ears are dull of he- hearing their hearts are waxed gross, their eyes have closed. And so they, they can't understand anything that he's saying. Um, 
and then he gives this and then he gives this parable um or no he gave the parable first and then he says you know i speak this way because so people don't understand and and talks about how how their hearts are white uh hard and but then I was looking in Luke 8, where he, he tells that same parable, he tells the parable, in verse 9, his disciples say, hey, what does this parable mean? <laughs> like, I don't think that, I laughed at that because, you know, in Matthew, he's like, yeah, people who just, whose hearts are hard, they don't understand. But then here's his disciples saying, hey, we don't understand, what does this mean? But I think the, what I've settled on here is that they went to Jesus to ask. They went to Jesus to get an, an answer. And so uh, there's an important uh, going going to our Father in heaven with questions. Uh, he's never going to, in the words of James, he's never going to upbraid us. We don't need to feel bad if we're reading a parable and we don't understand it. We don't have to feel, you know, feel like, oh, man, I must the Holy Ghost must not be with me. No, as you as you read about these things, as you read the scriptures, as you pray about the scriptures, as you study and seek for further insight using divinely appointed sources, that's uh, there's nothing about that that screams your ears are dull of hearing or your eyes can't see. That's that's someone who's who's searching out who's searching out meaning. Yeah, it's like First Nephi fifteen when Nephi comes back from having this great vision because he got more because he asked mm -hmm. for more. Um, and the, and Laman Lemuel are meanwhile arguing about what Lehi taught. And then Nephi says, have you inquired of the Lord? Right. And so same, same idea there. Yep. By the way, I really like verse 17, Matthew chapter 13, verse 17. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see mm -hmm. and have not seen them and to hear those things which ye, which ye hear and have not heard them. And certainly, you know, having Jesus right in front of you teaching would be something that we all want to see and hear um, and experience. But um, there's a way that you can apply that to today. Like what if prophets and righteous men, you know, have yeah. desired to see and hear that's going on in this rest, this part of the restoration, you know, that yeah. we're in. That might be cool for students to consider as well. Yeah, I thought about that just yesterday. I was up at Kansas City and we went to Independence and um, was there on the temple lot. And I just thought, I was thinking, man, I wonder, like Joseph uh, and Hiram, I hope they get to see, I hope the Lord lets them them peek at what the church looks like now uh, versus what it looked like in Independence and in, in Nauvoo. Um, I imagine there, I mean, with temples that are dotting the earth. I mean, just so many temples and they're struggling to Joseph struggling to build one, you know, and now we just, we, we all expect that there's going to be, you know, more than five announced at the next conference. Um, these are times we're living in the prophets definitely have, have looked forward to and wish that they could probably live during these times as well. So mm -hmm. excellent. Do we want to talk about any of these parables or like there's so many of them? I think maybe we should just say, teachers, this is a good way to, to, you know, use this pattern, use these steps as you're exploring these parables. Or do you want to talk about any of them specifically, Brother Wing? Well, just for clarity, I mean, I think the, the idea is that you got all those little parables yeah. that they kind of use as examples and practice on Monday. 
And then on Tuesday, you go in depth with the, the various grounds that the seeds landed on, That's which one. is a really good parable to go in depth with. And then on Wednesday, it's the wheat and tares parable that they go in depth with, still using the same pattern. What if a student is struggling to make any comparison or um, application or, or see a lesson in the parable? What could a teacher, what could we do as teachers to help that process along? Any ideas? Yeah. And probably the first idea is that they probably didn't quite get all the details. So like mm -hmm. go back to step one and say, okay, let's make sure we got all the details down. Right. You know, and then they're, they're probably, if they're not really seeing something, it's probably because they're hung up on the step two there to, to make a spiritual comparison. Because once the right. spiritual comparison is made, now it's, it becomes a little easier to do step three and start finding something useful for you today. Right. But so what is the spiritual comparison then? And that's, that's, this is where group scripture study, this is why it's like, yeah, personal scripture study is great. But this is where we kind of need some help with group scripture study because I'm pretty confident in a group of students, if 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 half the class is saying I'm not seeing a spiritual comparison here, probably the other half of the class is going to be able to help them from the angle that they're seeing it. Right, so. right, right. All right. Speaking of oh, yeah. comparisons, no, go ahead. Um, I did one time go through this parable of the seeds, you know, uh -huh. and think. And I thought how there's, the, you got the wayside, stony, thorns, and good grounds, you know, those four. And I started to think how, um, how we treat the word. And so it's like the wayside, it's as if you kind of walk over it. It's useless to you. You know, it's, it's, you know, you don't do anything with it um, at all. The stony grounds, as if, if, as if it gets into your hands, like almost like you got scriptures in your hands but you don't do it. You own a copy of the scriptures. That's about it. You know, right. or you have the gospel library app on your phone. That's all you do with the scriptures. You know, that's so not much happens there. It's like they enter the path, they have access to it, but, but there's, that's it. And then the thorns it's the, they get it. Like they understand certain things. Uh, maybe they kind of have a conceptual understanding, not a, not a heart understanding, of course, but like a conceptual. So then it's like in the brain, you know, so you can kind of see this progress yeah. um, of it. And then the last one, the good ground is when it actually gets to the heart. And that's where the Lord says you get understanding, which is what we've talked about before, that revelation, scriptural understanding only comes by revelation, which requires the heart. And that's the good ground. So you can kind of see it that way. And then I realized it's sort of like Lehi's dream. You know, you've got, you've got the people who are drowned, lost, enter the building, like, they're, that's the wayside, right? you know, they're completely oblivious, unprepared for the word, mm. like they're gone. And then you've got the stony ground that they enter the path, but then they, the mist comes and they lose their way, you know, and they're gone. So it's it just the, uh, they, they don't get any roots, you know, right. to withstand anything. Then the thorns. So the, the third is that there is that this group that clings to the rod right. and they actually make it to the tree, mm -hmm. uh, but then they fall away later. They're, they're, they're choked by the, the weeds or the, the cares of the world, them, the cares of yeah. the world. They're fearful, you know, um, that, and then there's the good ground of people that make it to the tree. They held fast to the iron rod. 
they fell down, partook of the fruit and stayed and gave no heed to the scorners. And so it's almost like the same process there described in Lehi's dream. I like that. I like that a lot. And I also like that you brought up the, you know, comparing the seed to the word of God, which is what Alma did, right? In the Book of Mormon, the, I think a lot of times, because our students were in primary and they were great primary students, they'll they remember the song, Faith is like a little seed. And so we forget that that song doesn't have to do with, with uh, Alma 32. Alma 32 is talking about the word of God is a seed. And so maybe what you could do with your students, you could do, I mean, it's springtime, spring is in the air. You could bring in um, those types of soils in a cup, right? Uh, and put a seed in there and let, and see what happens over the next few weeks, have those cups labeled with the type of soil that they're in and see, uh, see which grows best. Um, well, that might, I mean, make sure <laughs> you don't want it to backfire on you. Like have some, <laughs> make sure the, the soil's good <laughs> yeah make sure make sure you got some really thorny soil if you're a rocky soil for stuff to grow or not grow all right um okay so we've got uh the parable we got parable of sower we've got what else we got this week parable of wheat and tares that's a good one where Jesus and the great thing about uh parable of the sower and parable of wheat and tares is Jesus interprets both of those. Um, and so it's great to hear his interpretation of those um of those parables. And and I think that's important to know that there is an interpretation. Jesus wants us to interpret it a certain way, but then we can apply it in so many different ways. Anything you want to say about the parable of the wheat and tares? Yeah, so I'm going to use my daughter here. I caught her reading the scriptures. Oh, my lands. She and I just walked up next to her, her mom quietly. And I, I noticed she was reading Matthew 13. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to interrupt. So I just sat there for a second. And finally, she looked at me and I go, hey, what are you reading? And she goes, oh, I'm just reading about the the seeds getting planted. And there's weeds there, too. And I go, what do you think about that? And she goes, oh, I think it's about, so this, okay. So my daughter's eight. Mm-hmm. She has three younger brothers. So she says, I think it's about my brothers because I love my brothers and I'm glad they're there, but there's also the fighting <laughs> that happens sometimes and you just kind of take it with them. So you don't want to pluck out the brother. You don't want to pluck out the fighting and then lose the brother. Good so heavens. I want them there. Good <laughs> so heavens. I was like, hey, that's a cool, yeah. cool application. Like she can. So I'm bragging about my daughter a little bit, but I, you know, people can get, make spiritual comparisons, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <here>. Yeah. <laughs> and this was, this was her reading by herself. Like she was not, you know, this, and there's, she had no commentary with her. She had no other person to describe this so students can find things if they read sincerely you know we're not going to find everything nobody's a perfect scripture studier you know but we can be open to it and especially in a group setting we're going to be able to see things here and the wheat and tares is a great place to kind of understand when people have the question speaking of relevance you know Mm -hmm. why is this world so hard why is there so much difficulty going on why doesn't lord do something to stop this or that or whatever. 
and we might recognize this wheat and tares parable to kind of kind of navigate this world a little better and under, and gain a little bit more perspective and understanding yeah. about what to do about it and why it might be best for us that not all evil is removed immediately. You know what I like best about your story? I don't know if I like it best, but one thing about that story that Brother Wing told us about he, him and his daughter was that Brother Wing just sat quietly next to her and listened to her talk and didn't then say, well, Marin, that's really cool, but did you also know this? And tell her all the stuff that he knew about that that parable. And so that'll be important, teachers. You can display those those steps of understanding parables, and you can display some questions that are like in the teacher's manual, like um, what valuable lessons did you learn and things. But listen to your students when they uh, when they make these comparisons. Don't just tell them all the cool things that you see in uh, in that parable, but really listen and and because Brother Wing's right, our students can make those comparisons, and then then you can help them after they make those comparisons by simply asking a question like, so tell me one of the lessons then from this parable, or, or what do you think now that you understand this parable a little bit more, what do you think heavenly father wants you to do? Uh, you can ask questions like that and more than explaining to them the intricacies or the, you know, of that parable, you can help them actually uh, use that parable to make some changes in their life. So that's good. Okay. Um, what else do we want to talk about, Brother Wing? We've got a doctrinal mastery review. Um, and we've got a assess your learning activity. Both of those are found in the um in the teacher's manual there. Is it is this all we have to tell our teachers? Is there anything else <laughs> yeah. we want to tell them? I think we could. That that doctrinal mastery review is a great opportunity to then almost bridge it with the Matthew 13 study that they'd done the mm -hmm. three days prior to kind of show, Hey, you know, we're using the scriptures here to connect mm -hmm. to life. Like how did Matthew 13 study help you? How do, how can we use this in future scripture studies? How is your daily scripture study going when you study by yourself? You know, and this is that it, you'll focus more on certain things with the doctrinal mastery, but it does have a part there where you can, address some of these things right and by the way um some people are wondering about the the new reading requirement mm -hmm. you know and that and we might you can this might be an opportunity where you can talk about the importance of personal scripture study and right. why there's a change here with this requirement even mid-semester you know and that there's a opportunity here to talk to the students about um trying this out on their own. If they haven't started doing that yet or practiced that, that they can develop that and that this change is meant to help them to study for the right reasons and, and have that personal experience. And it's really between them and God. And there's no, no uh, outward public requirement that's going to push them in and confuse them about their own scripture study. This is something that they want to get going now and keep going for the rest of their life. Right. No, I think that's, I, I the more I think about it, I think this week, the teachers is a real opportunity for you to, uh, for your students to really see if they've been struggling to see how the scriptures uh, compare to their life, then maybe these parables will do it for them. And so I'm excited for, for many of your students. Hopefully you have a breakthrough with some of them 
and they get really engaged in the word of God, and that's going to uh, make all the difference for them. All right. Any last words, Brother Wing? The uh, the assess your learning also is an opportunity to do the same thing. So it's like one more day because it talks about how well they feel like they understand the scriptures. And so if there's any concerns that a per, that an individual student has about their ability to understand the scriptures, it might come out in that right. Friday's assess your learning one. And you can be prepared to kind of reassure them, help them. You know, there's no pressure on them to learn, like, you know, and, and be able to spout off profound things you know like we just keep trying keep consistent the lord is going to teach us so we can right. be patient with that process absolutely all right teachers thanks for joining us for uh the thing that we do on fridays you guys are doing great for those of you who got spring break this coming week enjoy it for those of you who are back at the grind enjoy it we're excited for you let us know if there's anything we can do to help you we love you guts, everybody. Stay righteous. 